This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Thank you, praise team. Let's give them a quick hand of gratitude, giving God all the glory. Thank you, guys, girls. You did good. You done good. You set the preacher up. How many know it's good to be set up? How many know tonight you're set up? You showed up. You did your hair, you got all purdied up, and you're getting set up. Amen? I believe good things are going to happen tonight. Amen? I don't know if you missed this morning, you're just going to have to just, I don't know, man. That, that was a good service. And there's many more to come. Amen? This is just the start of a bunch of good things for you. We are so pleased to be in Barstow, California. Beautiful Barstow. Oh, yeah. Come on. Beautiful Barstow. I love it out here because there's some water out here. There's some living water out here. Amen? Yes, 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 yes. Good to be here in the house of God. We have just enjoyed some serious fellowship with your pastors and with your team out here. They're great people. God is good. I just want to talk a little bit tonight, just before I get into the sermon and everything that God's going to do, is I wanted to thank all of you for being partners with Brian Besser Ministries. Partnership has benefits. If you were to do the stock market and you partnered with Google or Tesla, how many know that what benefits Tesla would make on the stock market would affect you? Amen? Tesla and Google, that's good stocks. And when you give into the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you give of yourselves to to put the gospel first and to send Brian Besser Ministries out, you're going to have some benefits coming back to you. Do you want to know some of them this tonight? Okay, so when you sow into Brian Besser Ministries, you're sowing into souls. Anybody got any unsaved family members right now? Got some in-laws, some outlaws that need Jesus? Woo, come on now. Well, then you can talk to that seed and say, I call them saved in Jesus' name. And then you can say this, you can declare over your seed, you can say, seed that I'm sowing to Brian Besser Ministries, I want that back for my family in Jesus' name. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, souls to come into my family. Does that sound good? What else are you going to get? You might be asking. If you're sowing into our ministry, you're sowing into healings, signs, wonders, and miracles. Do you know anybody that needs a healing tonight in your family? Well, you can claim that for yourself. And so I've always been taught when you sow into like seed, you get like seed back, right? You get a harvest of what you're sowing into. You're going to be sowing into nations, This last year in October, I got to go to a place called Peru. And it was not only Peru third world stuff, but it was the jungle, man. I mean, to tell you what, I sweated. I lost 10 pounds in three days. I was sweating. Everything was sweating. I mean, I'm telling you what, I couldn't stay cool enough. It was humid, hot, and it was muggy. And we went up the Amazon River six hours to a little village called Santa Clotidle. And when I got off of the boat, literally a little boat, we got up there. I was like, thank you, Jesus, we made it. We didn't get eaten by piranhas. or I mean, I'm, the white boy was nervous, all right? I was like, praying, Jesus, just don't let the boat tip. Come on, somebody. I wasn't thinking about walking on water. I'm just like, Lord, don't let the boat tip, really. But this beautiful little village, I saw these little Peruvian eyes that were coming out and greeting me. And I had about 20 little kids follow me all over the place. I don't think they've ever seen a grande huevo ever in their life. It was like... I think I scared half of them. I mean, to tell you, it was like, I was like, hey, ah, you know, they're taking off. 
But they hung around me. I taught them how to play soccer. I mean, not soccer because they know how to play. I taught them how to play baseball. We used a water bottle and a fence post. I had them all lined up, and the kids loved it. They're athletic, those kids. I mean, I couldn't keep up with them. I was going, (laughs) but they're awesome people. And I'm really excited about it because I learned two words other than taco enchilada and all that stuff. I learned buenos dias. That was like good day, you know. And so before I preached, I I got there on Monday. I didn't preach till Thursday, so I had three days in this city. And I didn't know, I mean, I was just like a duck lost in water. I was just, I couldn't talk to nobody. They were all running around and da-da-da-da-da. You know how Spanish people talk. I mean, it's fast. They're like in tongues. My brain was on tilt, overload. Man, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, calm down, right? You know who you are in here. I think there's somebody in here tonight. It's like, man, especially when they get mad, right? Barbara gets on that horse. She thinks she ain't sinning when she's speaking Spanish to me, but you better watch. You know what I'm talking about. So I'm listening to all this chatter, and I'm going, Lord, I'm a preacher. What would you send me out here for? To walk around and sweat? You know, we had these talks. My, my first night in, in my hotel room was about just a little bigger than this. Had a bed and a shower nozzle coming out of the wall. No fans. And, and my bedroom, my bed happened to be next to a prostitute's room. You know, the whole, the whole week, you know, there, this, I'm sitting there. I had to preach, you know, on that one Thursday. And I was like, my God, you know, I was playing. I had my phone. Thank God for phones. I put some Christian music on there. <laughs> the song played, Oh, come to the altar. <laughs> you know, I was like, trying to break that stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? It was a rough kind of deal. And I'm like, I'm having a conversation with God. You ever had a conversation with God and say, why did you send me there? What are you doing? What is happening? I was having one of those moments in Peru. But our partner sent us. You sent us. You're part of Brian Besser Ministries. And so I had to sack it up. As Levi would say, suck it up, cupcake. Come on. Get with it, buddy. Come on. So I had to tap into something I've never tapped into before, and it was a deeper anointing. It was a deeper cry for God to say, Lord, I'm here. Do what you want to do. And here we are in Peru. I'm in Peru. uh, My family stayed back. I had to scout it out a little bit. And so what I started doing for those three days of not preaching, the Lord says, well, start to interact with the people. Love them. He said, they're my sheep. These little Peruvians, and they're short little people. I mean, they're not just, I mean, it's not like this, but it's like this. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how you doing? You know, God, I'm like, carry him. I mean, I'm tall. I mean, God sends you, he'll send you into places you don't even belong, where you don't look right. I mean, he will mess with your evangelism. You, he'll th- you think he'll send you into your, your culture, your group. I got news for you. He might send you completely opposite. Be ready, be ready, be ready. So here I am in Peru looking around. I'm like, oh my gosh. But the Lord spoke to me that one night and he says, listen, you need to start interacting. So the first night as we're walking down, and you've got to remember this is a village, so there's one street pretty much. I mean, there's a bunch, but there's one main drag. And I'm sitting there, I'm just walking down this street, and the only thing I did for the first day was this. Get ready. Are you ready for this evangelism 101 training? Come on, say yes. Are you ready? Here it goes. Brian Bester's coming down Peru. This is what I did.
just that. I start smiling. And they're looking at me. I'm like, Lord, I get back to the hotel room. And I say, Lord, this is rough. This ain't working. What's happening? And then I was reminded again. Your partner sent you. Your partner sent you. I said, Lord, they did. You don't know how encouraging it is for a minister to get a check when you need one. (laughs) I got four times on a Sunday, four times a month for the Lord to provide for us. And that's on a Sunday. It's not like a Monday through Friday. It's four times a month. And God's always faithful. But I remembered partners sent me. So I sucked it up again. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do today? He says, I want you to say buenos dias. And I want you to say it the best way you can. He says, I want you to slap some salsa on that buenos dias. He says, I want you to slap some Mexican on there. Come on, somebody. Slap some Hispanic on there. Got any Latinos in here? Come on. Latinas. Come on. So I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm white, but I'm going to try it. Second day, Evangelism 101. You ready? I'd walk by and smile. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. That's all I had. And I'm still going, Lord, I'm a preacher. What are you doing? I want to, I mean, at this point, you know, you've been to conferences. You know what I'm saying? When there's four people during the week and you're the last guy to preach, it's miserable. You want to preach. You know, I'm, I'm zealous. I want to preach. Lord was teaching me some serious evangelism tips. Some water, some plant, but God gives the increase. I know I'm looking at some planters tonight. I'm looking at some waterers tonight. And I know God's going to give the increase. Amen? So I'm just doing my part in Peru. I felt like, man, my partners are going to be disappointed. All they're getting is buenos dias, but I'm going to break some ground. I'm planting. I'm plowing. You know what I mean? So then I learned a second phrase. I started, now Now the town is starting to talk. They're like, who's this white guy? The, the one missionary there was saying, they're talking about you, man. Like you're saying, buenos dias, you creeped out a couple people over here. They're wondering what's going on. They're like, what boat did he really come off of? You know what I'm saying? And so I learned another phrase. You ready for this one now? I was doing good for the day because Buenos Dias starts the day out. It's kind of like good morning from what I'm understanding. And it's Buenos Dias. That's good day. But then I needed to do something in the afternoon. So I was looking for some revelation and the Lord gave me Buenos Tardes. <laughs> I'm loaded for bear now. So I'm up in the morning. Buenos Dias. Buenos Tardes in the afternoon. Three days. Then I learned a third one. I was running out of stuff. The Lord showed me buenos nachos. (laughs) (laughs) That's embarrassing right there. That's not good. (laughs) They're like, we're going to take our support away tonight. I'll tell you. No, I'm better than that. Buenos noches. That's good evening. I've got three phrases, four days. I'm working the crowd. Everywhere I go, I got it mixed up once in a while. They kind of went, no, 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 it's Buenos Tardes. Now they're working with me. So I started to do it on purpose. So Buenos Dias, I start going, Buenos Noches. They start talking to me. I'm like, yeah, evangelism. 
fourth day, I worked this street faithfully. Buenos dias, buenos tardes, and buenos noches. And what happened was, I started loving the people. I took the time to speak their language and to love them. And there was something that the Lord shed and put in my heart, man. And every time I see a little Peruvian, I can spot them from a mile away. I just want to pick them up and hug them. You know, just, just grab them. And you're part of that. Did you get that? You're a part, partner for the Peruvian people. And then I finally get to preach. And the Lord says, get ready, because there's going to be a great outpouring. I could barely sleep the night before, not because of obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Híjole. Right. I mean, wow. But it's finally my turn. And I get up and I start preaching about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We just had service, uh, Easter service, right there in October. Began to explain and expound on what being born again is like and how you can live a resurrected life, how you don't have to be dead. I, I was preaching about bury the dead man, don't keep unburying him, just let him stay in the ground, and that you have been called to be resurrected with Christ, seated together in heavenly places far above all principal. I mean, I'm going. Now the motor's running. The anointing of God hit this place. There was over 400 people in this tank with everybody there. And I did an altar call. And a hundred, over 100 people ran to the altar. Ran to the altar. Pushing people down to get first. To get first. You know what I'm talking about? I didn't even think I did good. I was stumbling through it. I was like, we need to do altar calls good. Like Billy Graham good. Get so good at altar calls, man. Like it's just, wow, this is, I want Jesus today. Even if you've rededicated six times in the last month, it's still like, I want to go. We need to get in the mode of harvest-minded business because they're here and they're there and they're everywhere. And that short testimony about Peru was so powerful because it taught me a big lesson that it's not always behind the pulpit of what you do, but it's how you live your life Monday through Saturday. And it really set me free. I, I seen such a fruit in that altar call. And the Lord says, that happened because you released yourself with compassion Monday through Thursday before you preached. Isn't that powerful? So I believe we can do that as well as a, as a church, as a corporate Barstonian church. A church where you love your city, you love your pastors, you get behind the visions, you don't argue, you don't say, oh my God, we should do it this way. You know, so. That'll kill the anointing, man. I'm going to tell you what, it's so good to just grab arms and just go for it. Even if you don't know what's going to happen, just go with it. Come on now. Too many people are armchair quarterbacking in church. They're like, well, I would have done that different. Well, I would have done that different. Listen, there's a good Catholic church waiting for you. Go ahead. You can sit there and do your beads and you'll be done. I love Catholics. Hey, my whole family down here is Catholic. Doesn't mean that there's lo they're lost. 
If Mary was in the upper room, did you all know that? Mary got filled with the Holy Ghost. If the Catholics got a hold of that, man, bam. That's like, that's some serious stuff. There's a revelation. I need some Mexican folk in here. Go preach that in the Catholic church. Don't send me in there. (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) That's Barbara's territory. Praise God. But partnership is huge. And I wanted to tell you from the bottom of my heart, your pastor actually, I was, I was looking for 50 people this year at $25 a month. So far, we've got about seven people that have committed. Not bad, but we got a ways to go. <laughs> I got faith that it'll happen. Amen. It's all good. I'm not trying to cry a sad song here, but the Lord said 50 at 25. 25 is like a buck a day, less than a buck a day. To go spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I called your pastor. Kind of shaken. Oh, I got to just feel like I could ask Pastor Bernie. Pastor Bernie, I says, I'm doing 50 at 25. Could you help out? He says, we'll do it and we'll double it. I guess you didn't hear that. He said, I'll do it and double it. <laughs> what? Come on now. This is your church. You're sending people out. You're not stingy and cringy, man. You're giving, you're giving your best foot forward. And when you put God first, your finances will explode with blessing. Explode. Oh, man, I'm so excited for you. And just so you know, we're seeing a tremendous amount of growth in churches that we've been going to. Every time we go to a church, it seems like the next weekend, three or four visitors show up. The pastors call me and say, hey, we got three more people. That's because God is on the move. He's doing stuff. Evangelistically, the harvest is now. We're ready for the harvest. Amen? And then we got to spend six weeks in Canada. We went in December. That takes faith. It's cold. I got a Southern California girl. I had to talk into going. And she said, let's go. Come on. It was cold up there. They had snow on the ground the whole bit. Me and Levi um, ended up stacking four cords of wood. We helped the natives. We, when you minister to Native Americans, you don't just get behind the pulpit. You've got to work first. I mean to tell you, they check you out. They want to make sure you know how to work. And so we got some sweating, didn't we? I lost a little more weight there. Gained it all back. Gained it all back, yeah. Gained it all back. And when I got back to Barstow, <laughs> all them tacos. But... It was a beautiful time. We ended up spending six weeks, the longest I've ever been in one place, which was kind of different because I'm usually in, out. I'm happy with that. But the Lord says, I need you to stay six weeks. And then, of all things, they says, we want you to take our youth group and get it back going. And I was like, youth group, Lord, I never, never did that before. He's like, you can do it. So we ended up uh, having four people the first night. By the end of six weeks, we had about 22 kids. That started coming, 15 to 22 at different times. Got it back going, got it, got it started again. And so we just really covet your prayers. We're going to be in the Navajo Nation in two weeks. We're doing their resurrecting service. We're doing a resurrection for the whole week, man. We're going to be up there preaching Thursday through Sunday. God has put us in a specific position of favor. Um, how can I do a short, a long story short? Um, so three years ago, get to the church, invited for the first time. And they have a 
they call it a sunrise service, right? That's what they call it. Yeah, they're real early, real early service. And they put a big rugged cross on the Red Rocks in Arizona up there in, in Flagstaff area. And, and then all the elders and all the people gather around a bonfire and we have church. And I'm sitting there kind of the first time. I just, I kind of dressed like a Californian. I was freezing. I remember it was so cold up there. And then they put a blanket over me. And, and I remember at that moment, I didn't really know what was going on because, again, they're doing their different language stuff. And all of a sudden, they started singing, How Great Thou Art in Navajo. Oh, man, I just start. I just start. Man, I'm, broke, I'm broken right now. I'm just going, oh, man. Lord, this is awesome. I was scheduled to preach that morning at 9 a.m. And the Lord said, how many know it's important to do what the Lord said? He said, you're going to preach this morning. This is Sunday morning. This is Resurrection Sunday morning. He says, you're going to preach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You know, want to know what I said? I said, no, nah, Lord, that's good. I'm good. I'm good. I was nervous. We're talking about Indians. I was raised a cowboy. We watched John Wayne. We, we were shooting Indians. Now I'm preaching the gospel to the Indians. What's going on? Another uncomfortable evangelistic moment. What's God doing with Brian? He's going to do that with you too. Trust me. You've been shopping at Food for Less. Well, you might have to go to the Dollar General. You might have to go to Wally World. Come on. You might have to break it up. <laughs> Here we go. You know, this is how God works with me. He's going to work with all of us because there's people that need you in areas you, you can't even imagine. He's going to begin to expand your borders. Expand your box. Make it bigger. And so anyway, here it is. I... I'm having a conversation with God. I'm trying to sing how great thou art in Navajo, trying to lip it, watermelon. And he's like, you need to release that now. I'm like, man, I don't even know if they're believing that really. I don't know these people that good. To make matters a little more tricky, they have a 50-year-old minister by the name of Alvin, who's a Nazarene preacher who's in a denomination that some of the other Nazarene churches are kind of going like this to tongues. You know, it's like, oh, that's weird. You remember any Catholics in here? Remember when you got filled with the Spirit? How your family kind of talked about you? Oh, that crazy person, that kind of stuff. Same stuff. And so I was like, man, I could, I could start a whole schism. I could disrupt. <laughs> could disrupt. I'm falling into man's traditions right before my own eyes. And I'm going, Lord, you are so awesome. You are and you did send the Holy Ghost and fire. And it's in the Bible. I had enough in me to be able to release that. And so at 9 o'clock, I got up. Whole church is in there. And I'm nervous. I'm having, my knees are having a fellowship meeting with themselves. I'm just behind, the, I'm behind, it's a big pulpit like this. I'm standing behind it, man. I'm like, if it gets ugly and they chase me out of town, I'm just going to pretend we're a parade and we're going to keep going. We're just like, yeah. Little nervous. A first. You know, we're going to have some firsts when we're reaching out and laying hands on the sick at the gas station. Do you know, it's going to be kind of weird. When you go up to somebody and you're like, uh, instead, you know, the poor guy like that you always see that you kind of walk away from, like, oh my God, there he is. You kind of go over to this door, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then you've had the courage sometimes, like, God bless you. 
I was kind of doing that in the spirit with this whole situation. I was like, oh, but disrupt. There's some disruption going on in the spirit realm right now. He's shaking things loose to let you know who you are so you can do what you need to do so you can get what's on the inside on the outside. That's important. That's why we were created to really start bending and start going with the flow of the Holy Ghost to get what's on the inside to the outside. They need what you got. Point to your neighbor right now and say, they need what you got. We can't be selfish, amen? We've got to learn to flow like this. And that's my heart. I'm just, I'm just sharing a part of my ministry and, and God's going to work with you the way He will. And so here it is. It's 9 o'clock. I'm up front. And I began, I knew just enough. How many know sometimes you know just enough? And I started preaching about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I mean, if you go to a Navajo church... They're not like us Americans where we get all excited and we're like fist pumping and yeah. Here's the normal reaction in a Navajo church. Another uncomfortable moment. I mean, at least you can't go up there and say, come on now, say amen. When they get really excited, they say, oh. I was like, the first time I was preaching, I'm standing up there preaching, something was good, and all I heard was, oh, oh, oh. I thought there was something going on. Finally, later, I found out that they meant that they agreed with you. Thank God. thought the arrows were coming for sure. You know? I know what the Lord meant when He said, put up your shield of faith to quench all fiery darts, man. I'm like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> But I'm preaching. Preaching the Word. And the Word is life. And the Word is living. When you preach this stuff, it doesn't hit the floor. Somebody in the room is going to get it. Somebody's going to receive it. If it's an O, an A, an ah, an ooh, it's going to work. Somebody will grab it. At the sound of my voice, somebody's grabbing this sermon and I'm hearing O's a little bit. Now, that old gentleman that's in the denomination church is there on Easter Sunday. And his denomination kicked him out of the church because he hung around this church that we're at. Fifty years of service. They said, sorry, but you're hanging a little too close to the Holy Ghost Creek Bank. You're out. He had nowhere to go that Easter. He wasn't preaching on the road, so he ends up in this church where the Besser family happened to be. Coincidence, right? Preaching about the Holy Ghost. At this point, I'm preaching and I'm going, oh my goodness, all right, so this is powerful. There's some things happening. Just before service, I was praying to the Lord and I said, Lord, I need a sign. And I was really praying that. I know it's not good to do, Pastor. I, forgive me. I mean, I was looking for a bolt, lightning bolt, a, a storm cloud. Uh, and, I mean, to know that I need to preach this sermon. You know what I'm talking about? The right one. I, I want to hit a home run, man. I'm there one time. This is it. And so all of a sudden, as, as I'm in the second row, an elder walks in the back door and a pigeon, it wasn't a dove, okay? It still was, it was where I was at. But a pigeon flew in the building. 
I wished it was a dove. I wish I could tell you it was a dove, but it was a pigeon. But instantly in my spirit, when that bird came in there and sat in the corner, he just sat there. You know how pigeons are, right? (laughs) Those big eyes, you know what I mean? This pigeon is in the corner and I'm just like, yeah, this is going down. This is on like Donkey Kong. You know what I'm talking about? I asked God and he sent a pigeon. He's kind of got a sense of humor with me. But it it was something that released in the spirit. I needed that extra right before I went up. And just to just to give it my all, man. And so I had that. I I had that little sign. I was like, okay, this is good. And then I know people were talking before service and they were talking about learning a language. And a lot of the people in the church were learning Korean. That, That was the language they wanted to learn. But then the pastor was talking to me and he's like, you know, he goes, we were praying about a language, but he goes, that's not the one. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, ha ha, a language. They were praying about the Holy Ghost and didn't know it. So here we are just delivering a simple message of what's in the Bible that's for today. And after that service, or right at the end of that service, as we're getting altar stuff going on, the Holy Ghost and the glory of God hits this church. And I'm a wreck up here. I'm just like, you know it's a God service when the preacher's just gone. And 85% of the church received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence. First time. In America. A nation within a nation. Then Then another deciding moment happened. The older preacher, they asked him to come up. After I was done, I thought, oh God, he's just going to unravel everything. He's going to go up and say, this is weird. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, you know, I know. My faith was kind of, Lord's working with me. He gets up and he's doing Navajo. And I'm going, I'm in the second row. I'm, t- I'm tapping Barbara. I'm going, pray, pray right now. Because what just happened needs to stay in the game. And she, she's like, it's going to be okay. And I got Levi praying, Barb's praying. We're like, just shut him up, Lord. Send him, make him faint or something. If he's, <laughs> if he's saying something bad about what I have, you know, just sealing it, sealing it. Well, I found out that after service, this man, preacher, 50 years of preaching salvation, handed the torch to Peter and John, and they got filled with the Holy Ghost, and he put a blessing on us. And the whole nation has adjusted to this new message of the power of the Holy Ghost. We have, we have favor with the president and the vice president of the Navajo Nation, who, by the way, is a born-again believer. (laughs) Revival is breaking out in the Navajo Nation. Simple obedience in evangelism will take you where you never thought you would go. Boldly, where no man has ever gone. Right? Star Trek, is that right? (laughs) There it is. (laughs) You got that? There you go. Partnership is huge. 
Those are a couple of the testimonies from the road. Not to mention the American church is waking up to the things of God. We believe every city we go to is going to be changed because Jesus Christ is coming back real soon. The Bible says the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The laborers, that's workers. The laborers are few. It doesn't say that the donut... The donuts are few, or the, the potlucks are few, or anything like that, or the programs are few. How many know we got programs? That's good. doesn't say any of that, but it says the labors are few. And God is looking for His people to rise up and take the torch of evangelism and work their city. Amen? So I want you to go to Acts 3 tonight. Those are a couple, couple stories. We appreciate your partnership. We appreciate every one of you. You're a blessing to God. You're a blessing to the Besser family. Hallelujah. Go to Acts 3. While you're going to Acts 3, I'm going to take a detour real quick and go to 1 Timothy. But you just keep going to Acts 3. I'm going to show you a little something in Acts 3 tonight that is absolutely life-changing. It's going to be revelation for you. I believe Sunday nights are a mature group. You like the Word of God, don't you? You're going to be in, be in faith with me, right? For utterance, First Timothy. I want to go there real quick. Just listen to this. If they put it up on the board, that's cool. We're doing King James tonight, guys. Sorry I didn't tell you. But First Timothy 6, 17, 18, and kind of 19 right in there. It says, Charge them that are rich in this world... That they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. And that, this is what I love, verse 18, that they do good. How many know we need to do good? How many know that just doing good things will release the power of God in your life over people? Just recently in Santa Maria... Uh, California. I was down there. That's, that's kind of another Hispanic area, if anybody knows about that town. And I wanted to go buy the pastor's wife something for that morning. She had called Barbara, and I went out to do an errand. And I'm at this grocery store, and it's a, help me out now, a carniceria. You know what I'm talking about? How do you say it? Carniceria. Yeah, that one. And that was the only grocery store around. I mean, it, all the names on there, it was like had Pan Dulce and you know what I'm talking about? There's a, there's a, there's a Pan Dulce anointing right about right over here. <laughs> Come on. I never know what pink bread's all about, but praise God. But I couldn't read any of the signs. And so here comes another one of those uncomfortable evangelistic moments. I'm decked out kind of like this. You know, looking pretty good. I was, I was working it a little bit, you know, look, feeling good on Sunday morning. Preacher's looking good. And all the people around me were hard-working people. There's a lot of um, lettuce farmers and artichokes, and they're farmers, man. I mean, these are hard-working people, and here I come. I close my door, beep, beep, and I'm walking in, and it's like this. Again, I'm like, I'm in, I'm not... I'm in an uncomfortable area. It's not my norm. And I go and get this stuff. I'm in line now. And all eyes have been on me for a while. I'm just like, you can, you can just feel them glazing at you. And I'm like, oh boy, I can't kind of wait to you. I got to get going. I'm in the slowest line. You know what I mean? I wanna, I'm in a hurry, so I'm in the slow line. 
And there's a bunch of people behind me. I'm kind of next. The guy in front of me is going slow. And I look back at this young Mexican guy. He's got four bags of hot tortillas. The bags were steaming. They were just, I mean, they just made these things, man. And two, two of those Roman candles, you know, those creepy Roman, where Jesus is on them and they're a candle. It's like, I'm like, and I'm looking at this guy and I'm going, okay, he's buying that. And the Holy Spirit tells me in line, he says, you need to buy his food. You need to buy that whole thing. And of course, at first I was like, that's not God. I'm not buying no Roman Catholic candles or, you know, I'm just, I got to get going. I hear the voice again. Thank God the guy in front of me was slow because I was working. The Lord's dealing with me. You know how that is. I'm sitting there. He goes, buy that stuff for that guy. Buy it. We're talking about doing good and how when you just do good, things will begin to unlock the anointing moves through doing good. We've made it way too difficult where it's got to be and they fall down. We think that's the power of God. No, I'm about ready to tell you what four bags of tortillas and two Roman candles is about ready to do. You need to catch a hold of this. And I'm sitting there and then I'm kind of, you know, I have this little thing. Well, I have only a $20 bill. I don't really want to use my card. And my things I was buying was like $17. So I'm like, I know those tortillas are more. See, I'm trying and all I heard in the spirit realm was, really? Really? I knew exactly what was happening. We have to always be ready. Always. We can't have an off day. We can't afford to have an off day when somebody that God designs to put in your life and here I am, I, I guess I wasn't quite ready, but I started getting with it. And I said, Lord, I'll do whatever, man. I'll go sell out something outside to get this guy's stuff. And I began to get into the, the flow. The flow. Everybody say the flow. Get into the flow with the Holy Ghost to do good. And all of a sudden, here it is. Four bags of tortillas, two candles. I look at the guy that's checking. His name's Ricardo. I said that good. Ricardo. I look at Ricardo and I say, I want to buy that guy's food. And Ricardo looks at me and says, Que? I says, I want to buy his food. Keep it coming. He like called the manager. He's on the hotline. He's like, I don't know what's going on. This crazy guy's doing something here. I'm looking at Ricardo. Ricardo's looking at me. I'm looking at, let's just call him Miguel. I'm looking at Miguel. Miguel's looking at Ricardo. I'm back. Uh, we're, well, there's this triangle of confusion. I'm like, Lord, I know it wasn't you then. This was of the devil. What's going on? I can't even buy this guy's tortillas. <sighs> Felt like backing out and just trying to find somewhere else. But sometimes you got to stick with it. Come on. Sometimes you've got to stick in there and do good, even when you don't really understand it all. I stayed in the game, stayed in the flow, and all of a sudden, there was something that went off in Ricardo. I don't know if he called a, a, a white boy hotline upstairs 
to know what was going on, but he says, see. And I know what that means. That means yes. <laughs> I'm getting better, huh? Like, throughout the... Here it is. First bag of tortillas comes through. Miguel looks at me. And he goes, I said, yeah, I got it. I'm going to buy them. You know, as best as I could. I'm going I'm to buy your tortillas. Kendo, Kendo loaves. I'm going to get it. Bring it in. <laughs> I love people. I love people. We can never lose the burden for lost souls. And he'll take you to places in town where it could be kind of difficult or weird or who knows. So first thing a tortillas comes through. <sighs> he starts crying. Tears are coming down his eyes, man. I don't think there's ever been anybody in Miguel's life including his own family that bought him a bag of tortillas. Second bag of tortillas. This is first bag. Everybody say first bag. <laughs> Woo! Come on, somebody. The anointing of God is here. He's charging us tonight. Amen? Second bag of tortillas comes rolling through. And Miguel leans over and he's just, he's breaking down, man. And I'm like, Lord, this is just tortillas. I would have missed such a blessing. Everybody say two bags of tortillas. There's four. Third bag comes through. Now I've got the people in line. There was a couple behind Miguel that wrapped their arms around him. And she was saying things like, I don't know what they mean, but stuff like, mijo. Mijo. Grabbing this kid, man. I don't know if they knew each other, but I think they're family. Kind of like your church. Some of you never had a family. Some of you got dissed. But God brought you a family. Same kind of feeling, you know, where you can go around and say, mijo and miha and this kind of stuff. It did something to my heart. That's three bags of tortillas. By the fourth bag, most of the line is crying. The anointing of God is in the whole place by one act of kindness. We're not even to the candles yet. <laughs> I could have had church right there. I was running late. I didn't care anymore. How many of you know it's not always our agenda? You need to catch this tonight. It's an impartation of an evangelistic anointing that you need. You need it. You need preaching. You need teaching. But this is different. There's an impartation of something that's happening in your heart tonight that will set you different every time you wake up. And you know what? You're going to think of those tortilla bags that were sweating. You're going to think of Miguel and Ricardo and that whole thing. But it says to do good. One of, the, one of the best ways we can release the power of God 
is just to do good. Acts 10.38 says, And Jesus was anointed and went about doing good. He's a good Father. He has positioned us for good works. Amen? So I want to continue reading this. In light of doing good, say this, I can do good. Say, I can do gooder. Say, I can be better. Say this, I can do good. So I love this. It says, they do good, that they be rich in good works. One of the ways people will notice us as Christians is that we're always doing good things. And I believe that's why this church is very successful. They found the, they found the, the sweet spot. You know what a sweet spot is? You know, on a Louisville slugger, there's a sweet spot. When you hit that sweet spot, man, you can hit the ball out of the park. And I believe High Desert Word Center has found the sweet spot of knowing that when they do good and when they're ready for good works, things happen. And then it says this. I love this part. Ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. I did some uh, analytics on Amazon. Anybody know what Amazon is? It's a big deal. My dad is addicted to Amazon. I mean, he, he, he's, I'm not yet. I still like touching and feeling and looking and trying on, but dad orders something every two days. He just loves Amazon. He says, oh, it comes so fast. Da, 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 da. We have him in counseling right now. Mom's working with us kids. But the interesting thing about Amazon is that Amazon would be completely useless without delivery systems. You ever thought about that? Amazon needs delivery systems to take things to the people's house. That would be FedEx, UPS, U.S. Postal Service. All these millions and billions of dollars they're making on products needs a delivery system. And I did some analytics. All four, U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and there was one other freight company I'm not quite remembering. It was like DHL or something. It's an air freight, air freight place. All four of those companies, when Amazon came to be, the stock soared through the roof. Because product that's inside Amazon's warehouses need distribution. It's the same way in the church. There's somebody that is making an order right now. There is somebody that's praying for the harvest right now to send laborers into their path. And I believe in this church at High Desert Word Center, you've got a hot load of freight, baby, and you're ready to deliver. Amen? You're ready to deliver what you've got in that trailer, in that truck. We're not just going to be a big warehouse that sits there with product in there. Say this, I'm product. Point yourself. I'm spitting now. Say, I'm product. Say, I'm good product. Your product needs to be delivered. And so what we're talking about is doing good, being ready for good works, and then being willing to distribute and willing to communicate. It's the next word. Communicate. That means even with me and Ricardo, I tried my best and it worked. Even if you know one word, two words, you go with it. And so I believe tonight that there's a distribution that needs to be unlocked at High Desert Word Center. That means there's stuff you've got that you've held in. 
That means there's some freight that can't be late. It can't wait no longer. Somebody needs you. You know, as Christians here in America in the West, we come to church. Now, I want you to get this. We come to the church with the mentality of what can I get? Programs, the, the, the free stuff's great. But I don't want you to get stuck there. I don't want you to get stuck in always receiving and never giving out. That is an unhealthy Christian walk. Remember, we're talking about getting on the inside to the outside. And so when we as an American church can be preached to, how many know that's good? I'm preaching to you tonight. I mean, it's good. This is stirring some stuff up. But how many of you know that it's time to transition into being used through? Not just to, but through. Amen. Point your neighbor and say, let's do this. Through. Acts 3. Now let's go over there. You, did you find it? I don't know what time it is. It feels like midnight. How long have we gone? Are we good? Oh, the two candle blessing. That's right, the two candles with this guy. I, I, thank you. Praise God. The two candles were just, it sealed the deal. All the tortillas came through. The two candles came through. And he kept weeping. And he, he, took, he took his arms and he kind of went right beside me and just grabbed me and gave me a hug. And I was able to release love. I didn't pray for him. I didn't have a healing line. I wasn't trying to do a meeting. I was just there being a kind person. And that young man's life was changed forever, guaranteed. And so what I did recently was I bought some Spanish tracks. Now, Levi, can you pull those out of my bag real quick? And all it is, it's, it says on there, 86,400. Remember, some water, some plant, or some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. So lately, when I'm at Starbucks or wherever I go on purpose, say this, I need to do things on purpose. Say that. I need to do on purpose. So in evangelism, you've got to wake up someday and go, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? You've got to greet him and say, what do you want me to do? And so what this little track does, what I'll do is I'll be at a coffee shop and I'll just do something like that. And I leave, you know, sitting right there. And it's 86,400 seconds in one day. But it only takes 30 seconds to get the gospel message. I leave these everywhere. I was just at Starbucks two days ago here in Barstow. I was down here at that crowded Starbucks. Wow. And I was pulled in there and I was sitting there and people were kind of coming in and out and I'm praying and worshiping. And I leave two, there's yellow ones that are in English, but I left a blue one and a yellow one. And a guy and his family, two kids, just him and his sons and him were sitting right behind me. And again, I could tell he was watching like what? He's looking at these things. And so I'm leaving. I go into the bathroom. As I'm coming out, he's going like this. It's awesome. We were in Titusville. Um, I'm just doing a lot of testimonies tonight. Um, Titusville, Florida, recently. And uh, <laughs> it's funny. Different hotels have different things, and we usually got to cast spirits out and cover the place. But this one was kind of weird. They had a, a men's softball team, like a 50 to 60 year old men's senior team. You know, it's real exciting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they had a tournament. I mean, buses loading up. These guys coming out, they're drinking Bud Light in the morning, you know, talking about, yeah, I hit that grounder last night. That was pretty good. Oh, Jim Bob. I'm like, well, 
I guess so, if that's what you guys do, man. I'm, go- I'm getting ready for church. It's Sunday morning, and here are these guys, you know, they're all out in that little foyer, foyer. And they're all sitting around, and I'm coming out again. I'm dressed up. They're in their shorts and dirty from the games or whatever they've been playing. I just kind of bring... How many of you know we can change the atmosphere? Come on. This is atmosphere talk, man. We just can come into a room and light it up, baby. You know what I'm just... Just bring it some life. Different places have different feelings, but I'm telling you, you bring the life of God in a place, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you can walk into anywhere and they know what's up. Well, maybe they don't know, but they know something's different. Let's say it that way. And so all of a sudden, here I am, and I did this on purpose. I kind of worked it. I'm getting, see, it's addictive. You get, you get better at this stuff. You start, you start getting real fancy. The Lord gives you creative ideas. So these guys are all around, and there's one seat open with a little what do you call it, desk thing. I go over, and they're watching me, man. It's like, and I get my cup of coffee, got my little man sack, my little man purse right there, and I get him, go over here, and I sit down. I don't say nothing. I don't look at him. Katie, I mean, I was just weird. It was just like, who's this guy? Awkward. <laughs> exactly. Awkward moment. Here's another uncomfortable evangelistic place. I just sit down, and I get my Bible out. I'm working it now. I mean, I did that on purpose, right? I'm just kind of pretending I'm reading. I'm just praying the Holy Ghost the whole time. Oh, praise God. I even grabbed it one time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't look at me. Is this a different flow tonight? This is awesome. I'm telling you, it's good. And so... <laughs> So here we are, you know, I'm just, or I'm standing, sitting there and doing that, and I'm kind of working the crowd a little bit, and I know it. Me and the Holy Ghost are laughing on the inside. And all of a sudden, I get the nerve to kind of stand up. And I got these little yellow tracks. And each one of these guys had a seat and a couch and with these different tables. So give me five of them things. I'll just kind of do it. might precept an example. You know, this is application stuff, right? All right, so I got one, two, three, four, five for you. <laughs> like I was de- dealing out tracks. All right, three, four, five. And so this little bold spirit comes on you when you love people. So I started getting a little fancy. So I got up, put my man sack on, threw my cup of coffee away, and I went to every little table. I laid these down, didn't say a word. Walk over to the elevator, kind of look back, walk to the elevator, get in the elevator, I'm by myself, and I'm going, Hallelujah! All the way to the sixth floor, baby. I was just, I released my seed. Woo! Oh, I was so excited. So I'm like, I'm sitting in that elevator going, what just happened? Lord, I know they're grabbing them, I know they're reading it. So I come back down as we're all going to church. Every, the place is cleared out. They must have had a softball game. And every one of these was gone. Gobbled it up. Some plant. Some water. But God, say but God, gives the increase. We're going to get to Acts 3. One way or another. Then we're going to wrap it up. Then we're going to have a Holy, God, Holy Ghost hoedown. We're going to just shout a little bit. We're going to release the Spirit of God in you for this week because I believe this week is the week when you wake up tomorrow morning. It's Monday. 
in America, if anybody, it's Monday tomorrow. You're going to have the most amazing day. And listen, I need the testimonies of this stuff. I want you to email me, brian at brianbesser.com. Brian at brianbesser.com. Get it to your pastors. Get it one way or another. But there's going to be miracle breakouts tomorrow. Tomorrow. Amen? You're catching this. Acts 3. Let's go. Now. Everybody say now. Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. How many know that's a long time to be lame? That is right out, right out the gate. Like you could say right there, right, right at the beginning. And it says, I want you to catch this, whom they, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. They laid. Now, when I was reading that about six months ago, or maybe a year now, that word they came up and smacked me in the face. And I got so excited because how many times do we talk about the they's? You know, we say things like, they say the weather's going to be bad. They say that the stock market's going to crash. They said it's going to be hot tomorrow. Who the world are they? You ever thought about that? I, I, they? Who, in the, who, who are they that are speaking into my life? But then when I saw this they, it showed me what a they in the Bible is all about. And it's about evangelism. They took the time to lay this guy at the gate beautiful. And it's at that moment I said, Lord, when I get to heaven, I want to meet they. I want to see what they look like. They are cool people. Does it take some dedication to lay somebody at a gate every day? When's the last time we laid anybody at the gate? When's the last time we even said, hey, buddy, you need to be in church? They laid him. And I'm sitting here going, this is exciting. I've never heard it preached before. I believe it's fresh manna. I didn't get it off, you know, an internet thing or whatever. This was a revelation that I found out that they are important. You're a they and they are a you. And without the they's, miracles might not be able to happen. Let's keep reading. So they laid this guy. Here he is. They entered into the temple who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. How many know this crippled guy was trying to get one thing and one thing only? He was trying to get another sandwich. He was trying to get another free meal. But how many of you know this life of his was about ready to change forever? We all know the story. Maybe a different angle. And then it says, Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look at us. It's like that beggar that we try to not look at. How many know there's contact when you look at somebody? Kind of creepy, but you know what I'm saying. Sorry, Josh. But sometimes we're too busy with our cell phones. Oh, excuse me. I see it happen all the time. Young kids are walking into people at Walmart because they're on their phones. They need like a blinking sign. Look out. But when there's something about looking at somebody, you immediately connect with them. 
And then the Holy Spirit through you can instantly see what's going on. And then it says this. Peter's doing this stuff and they're, they're looking at each other. And then he gets bold and he says, he says this. He says in verse, verse 5, And he give heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. How many know now when he got his attention, that crippled guy knew something was coming? He didn't really maybe know what it was, but he knew, I'm probably going to get a quarter or a buck. I'm going to get something happening. And then it says this, then Peter said, don't you love this? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. You can only give what you have. It's bringing the stuff on the inside to the outside. Peter and John, two chapters before, got filled with the Holy Ghost. The day of Pentecost broke out. They got them some Holy Ghost and fire. And now they woke up that morning and says, you know something? We got something different. You know that lame guy? You know that lame guy that's sitting out there by that gate? We need to go mess with him. And so what happens is, Peter's telling John, hey, you want to go see if we could lay hands on this guy and see if he'll recover? John's probably saying something like, I don't know, it is a lot of power, it is good stuff, but I don't know, Peter, what do you think? Peter says, I think I'm crazy enough to do it, let's give it a shot. Turn to your neighbor and say, give it a shot. You're staying in faith with me, right? We might be going a little longer, can you stay with me? Release your faith right now. Release your faith. Stay connected. Don't drift. Now is not the time. All of a sudden, Peter and John, they are talking about this thing. And they're saying, you know what? Instead of giving that guy a buck today, he said, instead of saying, God bless you today, he said, let's just, let's just get bold. Let's, let's just grab his hand and pull him up. Here's what happens. And he took him by the right hand. Does that take some boldness? I think the first part of boldness was, look at me. And then the second part was, he grabbed his hand. He lifted him up and immediately, everybody say immediately. His feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Is that a song like in Sunday school or something, right? In the da, 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 oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. This guy got healed. And what's interesting about this is that it says that he took him, he got immediately got strengthened. He was leaping, walking. I mean, how many know this guy was excited? And it says... He went in to the church. Are you ready for this? The miracle happened outside the gate. (laughs) This is so good. Why didn't they take this guy into the church? They didn't have it. If they had it, they would have hauled this lame man into that building and he would have been healed a lot sooner. Your miracle is going to happen outside the gate. Man, you got to get more excited. 
Oh my God. That's good. We've been coming in trying to get the miracle here and hog it. This guy went right into the temple. I mean, can you imagine right now if I'm preaching all of a sudden a guy that we know was lame in a wheelchair or something, he's just going. My message would not be relevant no more. That man that got out of that wheelchair would be the most relevant thing in Barstow for a long time. Word would get out. So the days are rising. Reapers are rising. If you do your part, your miracle could surprise this whole county. It would take one act of faith to step into your, your divine destiny and to be used by God always what you've wanted. Right? Always what you wanted. So here it is. The miracles happen, and it says this, and the church, the church was filled with wonder and amazement at the thing which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, he held them. Held them, kind of like Miguel held me. All the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon, greatly wondering. How many of you know this healing produced a bunch of Christians to believe in Jesus Christ? Then the gospel came. Then the pastor rises up and starts preaching and saying, here's what you do. Say this, it's my time. It's my season. Go to Mark 2 real quick and we're going to wrap it up. I mean, I'm not going to wrap, but... What a Sunday night. Isn't that good? Miracle happened outside the gate. I am so excited. You know, we've got to get more excited about getting out of church than coming in. Because when we come in, it's, it's about getting built back up. It's about that. It's about hearing the word, the uncompromised word. It's about faith, love, hope. But the greatest act that we could ever do is love. And when we leave, there's a commissioning that your pastors are sending you out, trusting you that you're going to give something good that week. How exciting would it be if we all did our part and next Sunday as Pastor Bernie or Pastor David gets up here and 14 new people come rolling in because you decided to do something. I mean, that would fire these guys up. I mean, you talk about like, man, Dave, Pastor Dave would be walking a little different, man. He'd be like, yeah, this is good. And I know that's happening. This is just a continuation of what we're talking about. We've made church way too easy in America. Way too, I mean, okay, I'm an evangelist. I'm going to give you, if I was a pastor, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they stay with the sheep. I like to come in, hit hard and go home. That's just how I roll. Is that true? You know what I'm talking about. I don't know how you... It's the anointing of God. It's the anointing of God to be a shepherd and to be with y'all all all the time. I love you, but you know what I'm saying? I'll see you in about six, seven months. I love you, but... It's been nice, but I'm out of here. Besser's leaving right there. See you later. Somebody's looking at me like, man, you don't love us. I do. It's just my anointing. My call is to come in, hit hard and roll. And leave you better. I work with the pastors. But we made it too easy. You know what I would do? Say, what would you do? Okay, so what I would do is I like statistics. I like numbers. So what I would do is we got these big, that thing right there. We got all the fancy stuff up there. What I would do is I would have a tally of what you're actually doing every week. So for instance, 
first name on the board, let's just say Harley. Hope there's no Harleys here. Harley's number one. We do right before we take the tithe, okay? We do, okay, we're doing our church statistics today. Going to see how many salvations rolled out, how many baptisms and how many healings. We're just checking in, checking out, you know, so let's check this out. Harley, you're up. He's a church member. He does his tithe. We'll just mess with the tithing people for now. We'll have some grace on the newcomers. Harley up there is salvations. Then you got infillings and, you know, uh, uh, healings on there. And then it says Harley salvations zero. Everybody go boo. Boo. Yeah, Harley. What's up? Infillings zero. Come on. Boo. Healings. Boo. Zero. What's going on, Harley? Harley, I'd like to meet with you after service. We're going we're gonna to talk about it. We love you, brother, in the Lord. You're a good brother. I noticed you had extra donuts today. But we're just going to take you to the back room and see if you're a good fit for us. That's all right, Harley. Don't worry about it. Thank you, Harley, for coming today. We love you. We'll get back into worship in a bit. It'll be good. Number two, Sally. Hope there's no Sally's here. Well, maybe it's a good one. Sally says, salvations. We got one salvation this week. Everybody, golf clap. Come on. Yeah, Sally, come on. Now Harley's sweating. He's going, oh, man, Sally beat me. Infillings. One infilling of the Holy Ghost. Sally. We got a healing. We got one healing. Come on now. Sally actually had a pretty good week considering Sally's an ex-addict. She did good. Sally, you're clear. I'll let you go for this week. You did good, sister. Way to go. You get a whole box of donuts as you leave. Good job. This is an evangelist angle. Don't worry, we're not doing that here, okay? This isn't a new doctrine. Some of you are going, oh my God. (laughs) Number three, we got this other thing and we got more people, more statistics. We've made it too comfortable. We are to be producing. says they'll know us by our fruit, for crying out loud. Are people picking your fruit or is your fruit getting moldy? We just got to self-evaluate sometimes. We just got to be ready to go. You come in here and you, you, you think because you tithe that you have a voice. You try to micromanage. Well, I give to the church. I should say what color the chairs are at least. No, you shouldn't. This isn't like paying your taxes. You don't get rights because you're given to God. Come on now. There ain't no controlling thing about your giving and your money. I know your pastors are good enough to say, keep it, you stingy thing. Am I right? You don't, it's just not a tax-based democracy here where you're giving and thinking you can have a decision in everything that happens. That's not how God works or operates. I don't know why I went into that. I went into this whole thing right here. Well, let's just get back over here behind the pulpit. We give because we want to. We do good because we get to. And for the sake of Harley, who had no salvations, and I would have that meeting with him, and i say, Harley, I know you've had kind of a rough week. Talk to me, brother. Talk to me. And he would tell me what's wrong. Maybe him and his wife were fighting that week. And I'd say, well, Harley, you know when you're fighting with your wife, you can't be good for anybody else. Let's, let's pray, Harley. Let's do better next week. Let's step it up. What do you think, Harley? And Harley says, you bet. And I said, Harley, if it keeps continuing... I'm going to have to transfer you over to a church that you could sing three hymns, you know, kumbaya and go home. And that would be a good fit for you, Harley. But how many know, 
at High Desert Word Center, God is pulling on you right now. He is making you so uncomfortable that you're going to do something. Amen? Huh? Because we're Barstonians. We're hardcore, man. We've been through some stuff. We got some grit. We got some guts. We've been through a few things. We, we know what it's like to have the spirit of faith. We know what it's like to fight the good fight of faith. Come on. We've been through some stuff. You ain't no sissies in here. Come on. I'll take you all on the road with me, man. We could do some damage. Come on, somebody. Demons shake and tremble when they hear your name. That's the people God is raising up all around this, this country. In this season and hour, and before you know it, we're going to hear the trumpet sound. And it's going to be all over. And it's going to depend on how many we can get to in a quick amount of time. Amen? One quick thing. Mark 2. I'm going to read this quick. I've been just all over the place. And I feel like a fat man in a barbed wire fence. i got a point here and a point there. But you're getting it. Amen? Are you catching something? Amen. I love you all so much. Thank you for letting me release the gift of God. But this is another they story. Mark 2. I think the guys might have it up there. Yeah, they do. They're quick. Thank you, media team, this weekend. Thank you, ushers, this weekend. All who have served, right down to the gift basket, right down to ushering us in for the water on the front seats. Ministry of excellence has happened here, and you've blessed our family. I appreciate you. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Sound guys, media, bass player. <laughs> I love that brother. All right, here it is. Chapter 2, Mark, Mark 2, verse 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Who's he? Jesus. How many know when he's in the house, things happen? He's been in the house this weekend. He's in here right now. This says, and straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. How many know this is like in and out burger drive through time? It is so crowded, man. It's like you can't get in. You're like, why didn't I think about inventing in and out burger? It is packed. There's people lined up around the corner. But you know that if you stay in line, you're going to get a good burger. And then you're going to go to McDonald's and get your fries. Come on, somebody. Say amen. No. Pastor David said no. Sometimes you've got to stay in line to get what's yours. Don't settle for anything less than your miracle. And so here Jesus is preaching to him. It's crowded. And it says, I want you to get this now. And they, watch this. Come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when, help me out, read it, they could not come nigh unto him for the press. Here's that word again. They uncovered the roof where he was, and when had broken it up, let down the bed wherein the stick of the palsy lay. If we don't get it by now, we need some serious help. Five times in that scripture, it says the word they. They did this. They did that. 
And all it was was four crazy friends that said, i got to get my sick brother up in the house, somebody. I need to get him in. You might be that person tonight that is sick, but you're here. You've taken the faith to get in here. And you might, you could be the, the, one of the four crazy friends. Can you imagine this crippled guy is laying there all wadded up? And one of the they says, hey, Jim Bob, I'm going to go grab me a sheet. And the other guy, the other crazy friend says, yeah, I got some rope. And the guy on the ground is saying, no, guys, really, it's all good. It's crowded. We'll come back another time. Maybe Jesus, Jesus will be around the corner somewhere else tomorrow. But no, 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 don't really. And the guy's like, no, man, he's preaching some good word in there. We need to get you in the presence of God. We need to make this happen. And so they take this guy and they say, roll over on the sheet. The guy's rolling over on the sheet. Now he's laying there. Then you got two other, the other crazy friends. They're, these are these. These. They're doing something. The days are grabbing this rope and they're tying it on. And now all of a sudden, this guy is in a little basket and they've got him flipped over their shoulders walking. Can you imagine this sight? They've got to be from Oklahoma. I mean, they've probably got chewing tobacco. Yeah, Jim Bob, we've got to get him. And this guy's swinging in this little basket. This is the most crazy story in the Bible about they. They are doing something. These are the miracles that are going to be at your hands this year. Breakout year. Breakout year. Stay with this. We're almost there. The days are activated. The days got some guts, man. They're like the Barstonians. They're like, I'm tying them up. We're going. They're trying to get him into the front door. The dude's swinging half limp. He's like, come on, guys. And they're like peeking over. We got, hey, can we get in? No, man, it's crowded. Get out of here. Get out of here. You don't belong here. Get, her, get out of here. Shoot. Shoot. The devil will try to keep you from your miracle. And here it is, man. I'm telling you, they, this one crazy guy, he's the leader of the whole pack. It's Jim Bob for sure. He says, well, we can't get in the door, but we're going up. He looks at his buddy and says, we're going up. And the guy in the little sling is going, are you kidding me? We're going up now? He says, I was just minding my own business. He's probably thinking, and this time, I'd rather be lame. Forget it. How many know he had to have faith? He's the crippled guy getting slung around, and his head's hitting the ladder, and they're pulling him up, and he's hitting his head on there. That sounds like something some Barstow people would do. Come on. Yeah, that's why you like this story. Oh, yeah. You're like, bring it. <laughs> Hey, caramba, we can get him up on the roof. <laughs> yeah, come on. Faith is increasing, though. Every time they're getting closer, they're up on the roof. And then Jim Bob decides, you know, bring me a hammer. And he cracks open a roof, the roof. Well, for all the nerve, didn't call the landlord. There's pieces of... You know, stuff, bricks floating by. And Jesus is in the middle of preaching. Your faith, your faith will stop the master in his tracks. Because he responds to faith. Faith will mess up a sermon. When you're drawn and you want to receive, it could go a whole different direction. And so here this guy... 
seen this picture of this whole redneck thing, man. I'm like, these are my brothers or something. Up on the roof, breaking pieces off. Jesus is trying to preach, and all of a sudden, fuzz and insulation and just <laughs> comes floating down. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can see it. It's a visual, right? I mean, they got maybe four teeth, all of them, you know. It's like... They're spitting chew up there. There are they. They woke up that day and says, we're going to get them in. <laughs> She's laughing too. Uh, roofs breaking open. Things are happening. It's nuts. They probably heard them scrambling up there. You know, Jesus is preaching and it's, it's kind of like a bad sound system. You know, crack, crack. It's like feedback. What's going on? Jesus just keeps going. Probably rolling his eyes. What in the world? Thinking big rats up there, you know? <laughs> Getting them into the presence of God. These days, did they had some intestinal fortitude, man. They had some guts. They weren't going to let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just hear a snorkel? <laughs> We're snorkeling now. I mean, you got to catch this story, man. This is radical stuff. And we and we as Christians have a problem just even calling somebody to say, "Hey bro, where you been?" And but yet these four rednecks up on the roof, scrambling, breaking stuff apart, man. The landlord, they didn't care about nothing but getting that guy in the presence of Almighty God. And he wants to use you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.